Okay, and here we go. Good evening, everybody. It is February 17th, 2021, and Star Trek, the original series, season two, episode three or episode eight, depending on what uh, order you go by, The Changeling is over and has been since 1967. But we're just getting started here on Wednesday night, Ted Treks, as we continue our uh, mission to watch every original series episode, not in order. Uh, bringing in first the namesake of this podcast, my dad, Ted. How are you doing, dad? I'm doing good. Thanks. Hi. Good. Um, also joining us uh, again is a uh, steam panelist, Jody Simpson. Hey, good evening, Jody. Well, oh, hello, Dave. I just caught you there. All right. And, that was my entrance. Very. Was, it was good. It was. I was like, like, oh, does he know? Does I he tried. Know Let's camera? see if Adam does better. Well, yes. And and bringing it next is Adam Woodward. How are you doing tonight? Oh, oh, caught in the axe he is. Uh, that was weak, I know. I it was, was okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was all right. He was he got be a moment to prepare. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Good. How are you doing, Adam? I'm great. And we're here to talk about the changeling from 1967 about <clears throat> Nomad. Um, Jeff Mater, not sure where he's at, if he's coming or not, but if he shows up, we will also ask him what he's thinks about this episode but we're going to start with with my dad uh uh dad uh the changeling the nomad this whole story uh, what, what are your thoughts well it was a good episode but you know you if you want to if you want to go through it and uh look for inconsistencies you could find probably quite a few but uh if you just looked at it for what it was it was kept you interested right to the end so i thought it was okay what what was it? What did you think it was? What what do you mean? What did I think? Well, you it was? said if you look at it for what it was, I was like, well, what was? Oh it? yeah, well, it was it was basically it's a story about this uh, this space probe, like V'ger, like that movie V'ger. It was called Nomad. You also right? drew those comparisons to uh, to V'ger, yes. Uh, yes. This came before V'ger, so the V'ger yeah. was kind of ripping but, off. Similar, but it was kind of lost in space, and then it got in this collision with some other planet or something and and then it kind of merged with this other 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 probe and it became they mixed the two intents together and uh that's the story yes right okay yeah i i understand yeah um yeah. okay yeah. jody mm -hmm. the changeling not like odo not like some other uh, famous... no it is not odo and i think you've already done that joke well hey but i gotta bring it up <laughs> oh okay uh it's the episode you know, because the, the changelings are a species within star trek that became famous through deep space nine dad doesn't know anything about that so uh you but you and adam no, do. i don't i can honestly say that <laughs> but but uh, this is the i guess the an earlier use of the word um but star trek this would they would never do this again in star trek so it kind of has this unique place in history but anyway that aside this episode the story where does it sort of rank for you the comparisons to v'ger being pretty obvious i think and well i won't tell you my score because i don't want to give up the ending to this podcast okay um but i will say it's it's it it's hmm it, it's kind of campy um it it reminds me a lot of that um and i don't really know why but it reminds me a lot of that next gen episode of the um uh the the three people that were on the on the it was like a probe kind of thing same idea where they they wake up and they find out they're in the 23rd century or whatever um right. it reminds me a lot of that and i don't know why because really there's not a lot to connect it to <laughs> other than there was a probe in space at one point but it's i guess the connection there would be like sort of ancient like um earth space exploration history yeah but it's and, a fictional history because, and we find out later, obviously, that the the probe has been manipulated uh, in a way. Perhaps, I guess, is a good way to say it. Um, overall, I think it's I think it's a pretty solid episode. Um, I, you know, I, as as Ted has already said, there is a lot of inconsistencies in the story. Um, there's there's quite a high body count in this episode too, which I I thought was interesting because usually they average like one or two deaths. 
At least, uh, at least four, I think. Uh, you know, uh, there was, well, it, it depends on if you pick the engineering people near the end, because the engineering people near the end, they check for their pulse, but they don't say whether or not they're alive or not. Uh, they so. seem to be okay. They, like, the guys came in and, and were dragging them away. I don't think they would have done that if they were dead. So, yeah, um, well, so, no, I think they're okay. The, o- the only thing that kills me in this entire episode is probably the whole Yohora subplot thing with her having to like relearn everything and near the end it's like oh she's reading at like a university level she'll be fine next week it's like what (laughs) yeah we're gonna come back to that i don't want to deep dive i don't want to go too far into it but yeah Yeah. overall it's not a bad episode i think um it's got some interesting points especially for you know being 60s sci-fi this is uh it's got some kind of cool premises to it yes adam the changeling I like this episode. It wasn't. It, I mean, yeah, it was, it was. It definitely reminded me of other things. It reminded me of the the one with with Doctor Daystrom a few weeks ago that we watched mm, as yeah. well. You know, especially the whole logic and you know trying to get the probe to you know understand itself and whatever. We'll get to that too. But the um, the Uhura bit bothered me as well, Jody. I'm, well, and there's some kind of weird racial undertone there too, which I don't think they wanted to do, but they kind of did anyway. Yeah. Well, there's also kind of like, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, again, I gotta watch my words on this one. I don't know. I, 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 I want to know more about what you're talking about, but I gotta. Well, we'll, we'll yeah. talk later about that. I think. Yeah. Okay, I think sure. so. I, I, I think we're talking the same thing, and. Yeah. <clears throat> But again, I, I didn't like. I liked the episode. I liked the the probe. Like 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 the look of it. It was it was it was cool. I mean, it was it was uh, it wasn't. They did a pretty good job, I thought, Adam, uh, of actually moving the probe around. Yeah, they did. like it wasn't too bad. There was a couple times where you're like, oh, it's on a skateboard or something like that. Oh, right? for sure. <laughs> but there's a lot of times where it looks pretty good. You never saw the top or the bottom. You know, you know, in full, yeah. right? Oh, there was a couple shots where both. You saw both, hmm. and I couldn't see any lines or anything. So. They must have done some sort of trickery. Yeah, the robot, I think for the time, the technology, this is very comparable to the robot we saw in Requiem for Methuselah, um, which was also like some kind of a similar looking thing kind of floating around. But this this is season two, so this is a year earlier. Let's take a look here at Nomad. Uh, You know, it's... It's boxy, it's... But it's... I I get that in the, the 1960s, this was kind of... Uh, uh, an interesting way to present this kind of science fiction co- concept on screen, on on a mm-hmm. TV screen. Uh, I just think that when this thing materializes on the transporter pad at the beginning, near the beginning of the episode, once they've sort of established a, a dialogue, uh, the the dramatic music and the the score, I think, is a little overused. I would go, I would go as far as to say, because it's like, duh, duh, duh! look, it's a robot. <laughs> And they're like, how could a robot be doing these things? Because this this um, sort of innocuous looking object uh, had uh, eradicated the life off four planets at the beginning of this episode. It's been sort of its programming has been corrupted, and so it's trying. It's like exterminating everything that's biological in its way, kind of with shades of maybe control Adam from Discovery. Uh, mm-hmm. or, or some other other. This seems to be a common thing, though, in science fiction. Machines. Yeah, my, my, my wife watched this show with me, and she goes, she she saw the relationship between the Borg and 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 this rather than yeah. here, but she doesn't know motion pictures so well. But uh, yeah, she she was she she hit the the Borg, which I thought was interesting as well. Adam, did you pick this episode? I didn't. Who was? Uh, did, well, I, I think I, it was your dad. Okay. You were going to pick it, but then you didn't have one right away. I got questions about this because I need to understand how this episode is sort of in the mythos of of original series and where it, it, it is. Because I got the distinct impression watching this tonight that it was um, sort of the episode that maybe made Spock famous or sort of like it gave because Spock's whole mind meld scene here and everything else that goes on, I think was kind of a big deal. I feel like that's. Uh, like they basically had a lot of different storylines they could have drawn upon when they went to do V'ger and they ended up doing the motion picture. And for whatever reason, they basically copied this story into that movie uh, with some other things. Well, there's um, elements of it for sure. Yeah. Yes. So I'm kind of wondering why, why is this episode sort of like the episode that made Spock famous or Kirk talking the computer to death here? Or what dad, what do you know about this episode? 
uh, sort of back from, from I guess, from the time in the 70s? Uh, you know, did you have awareness of it? I don't it? know if it made him famous. No, I don't think that's the case. I think well, this is, this is the second season, too. Like, this is yeah. already well-established in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I because I was just trying to figure out why. Why I'm like, why is this episode so revered? Why is it like because it clearly like, what, or, or or maybe they just ran they just like threw a dart at a dartboard and said, okay, well, this gonna- is this yeah, this is the episode that they always pair up on the videotapes and everything uh, with um, um, the con episode. Um, what the hell is it called again? Spacey. 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 That's it. Yeah. Uh, actually, Dave, you I gave you a video disc. That's what's on this video. Yeah, disc it's, up, is, it's up here. It's a uh, yeah. Well, you can't see it, but yeah, it, the video disc has this episode and uh, and Space Seed. It, they're always kind of put together, which right, is kind of weird. But that's right. Yeah, yeah. Because they were aired. Uh, well, Space Seed season one, and this is season two. But yeah. they see. But yeah, I think that's a good point, Jody. Yeah, because it seems like uh, the Changeling was basically that story was kind of copycatted, adapted in some ways into Star Trek One, and Space Seed is obviously Star Trek Two. So yeah. um, you know, or a continuation of that story. So I'm like, these these have to have been two of the big, most popular stories. And I think that yeah, maybe there's some inconsistencies, maybe there's some things, but this is like almost like an old school serialized uh, like science fiction story. It's, like, yeah. It's almost like a radio play version uh, of, of, of Star Trek in a way. Like it's very, the, the, the story is always moving, but there isn't much of a story, but it looks like there is, which is, I thought was kind of interesting, but it's overall, I, I think the episodes from a sci-fi viewpoint, and if we think about it, you know, as, as, Adam likes to point out, and as Ted always always reminds us, this was made in the '60s, and you know it's 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 one of those things where you kind of look at it now, but this has the same trope that w- they've used over and over again in in Star Trek, which is Kirk can talk a computer out of anything, uh, and it's one of those things that it's like it, it doesn't even make sense that he was considered, you know, the uh, what did they the creator. What do you call him the creator the creator. Yeah. Um, so it's, to me, that's, it's kind of, I've, I've now keep in mind, we're, we're watching these out of order. So it's, it's for us, it's hard for us to kind of comprehend how many times before this Kirk has actually talked the computer out. Not that many times, because as we said, this is early in season two and, um, well, we're about halfway through the series at this point. Like this is, this is pretty close to half. The only time he's talked a computer to death before this is the return of the Archons, uh, which is later in season one. So I, season way, three, he does it quite a lot, though, from what I remember. Season two and season three, you know, you know, he continues yeah. doing it. But the first time he did it was in the Return of the Archons. Um, so maybe and... secretly, Gene Roddenberry hated computers, uh, and maybe he wanted his uh, his hero to always win over the win over the sterile computer. Well, the right, I think the, the the writers did. The writers wanted people to be presented as better than machines. I think that I think that's a human yeah. thing, isn't it? Like or. Um, well, we like to think we're still better, but in reality, are we? I guess is. And we, and we want. And we're we're uh, and there's always this like, hey, machines could kill us if they think we're inferior to them because they are cold, well, exacting logic. As Isaac Asimov and various other sci-fi writers have all already written those things many times over. So <laughs> yeah, it's very true. Yeah. Um... Because okay, and it's, this this episode was was produced later in season two. It was the eighth season produced. It was the eighth episode produced, but it was aired third. So therefore, that that meant they thought this episode was strong. They th- this was mm-hmm. something they wanted to get up more. This was, up front. This was yeah. This was this was a series uh, season openers. You know, right. first and, five episodes yeah and they talk about how pop yeah as i keep coming back to spock in this mind melt scene tonight and like the, this one on which we actually on. have a comment about i think if I see. uh spot well you got a comment here yes from uh, spock's mind melts with a machine in picard and android mind melt with a human yeah okay so there's been several times here where spock other vulcans and other, even other yes in star trek picard are you guys hearing something yeah i think it's your dad dad what are you doing uh, somebody's calling me. Oh, well, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those calls. Yeah, they, they usually do it right around now. How are oh. you doing, podcast? Oh, okay. Well, sorry. Uh, yes. Let well, usually know. it's it's done at eight, and I'm I'm usually on this at seven eight. Right. Yeah, we're a little out. We're an hour later than usual tonight. Yeah, yes. Yeah. We're on Eastern um, time. We're on instead of maritime time. Anyway, yeah. That, 
That makes a good point, though. It's like the whole like you know Spock melding with the with the computer. To me, doesn't make sense, but I guess it's something right. Well, I think it's the other trope of Star Trek is that you have these people like Spock, like Data, different people who have sort of these extraordinary abilities that allow you to sort of solve your mission that maybe you couldn't otherwise. Right? They're sort of like they almost have superpowers in some ways. Um, But it's been kind of inconsistent. Like, how can Spock mind meld? with the machine and then later on we see some of the picard androids spoilers yes that they can learn the art of the vulcan yeah. mind meld through study which doesn't make a lot of sense to me i was very critical of that episode at the time uh that it we all were. Yeah. picard um you know with that whole thing with uh, yeah. but, it seems like eons ago doesn't it but i guess the point is that the writers don't <laughs> the writers don't seem to have a ton of respect for it across all the series like they're like yeah whatever I don't yeah. know if that's what the story calls for. Then our our Vulcan character can do a Vulcan mind probe. He calls it not a mind meld here, uh, in this episode. Dad, uh, any thoughts on all the mind melds and the use of of that to sort of get um, as a like I guess as a plot device? Uh, no, I no. thought uh, I thought that mind meld thing was kind of typical of what. I mean, Spock did that with a rock one time. You got to remember that, right? He yeah, did, well, that rock monster thing. Yeah. Well, this yeah. was probably, but it seemed like he couldn't escape from this one. Uh, he uh, he he was almost like held into it. Kirk had to shake him out of it. Usually, he gets out of it on his own, but this one was yeah. a little tougher. That's mm-hmm. true. It was. Um, okay, I think there's a number of things. I know we want to get to Yahura. I do you, is there anything like? Do you guys want to walk through this? plot by plot or is more uh, we can kind of focus on the big things was, was kind of like there's not a lot of real plot points here i don't think um it kind of drags a bit but well there's things like scotty's death i think and his resurrection here i think is, is scotty's death count as a a death in star trek history or does that count as a death uh he's not dead at the end of the episode so i think it's fine i think it counts as a death i think it counts well like when spock dies in star trek 2 and gets resurrected in star trek 3 like it's a longer well, period of time. Dead, but... Yeah, but the nomad wasn't there for for two. How long was Scotty dead? Like an hour? I, I thought like ten minutes. Like honestly, it wasn't long because yeah. there's a point where McCoy's like, "Well, you don't have a lot of time. Like this has to be done kind of right away." Yeah. Right. Um, Scotty's very well adjusted from the experience. Yeah. So how yeah. could they fix a Scotty so fast, but a hurricane get her memories back? Uh, I believe that she's a woman, Adam. Oh my god! Yes. So there's that of conflicting. That's not the. That's not the only problem we have here. Oh, (laughs) this this show again is just extraordinary to me. Like, how can it be so advanced on one side on on, you know racial equality and all this stuff, and then it hits women so hard? I'll, I'll I'll go even farther. Why was Nurse Chapel in this episode at all? Uh, let's cue dad dad uh in the 1960s we didn't yeah. know uh about it's, equality it's funny that you should mention this because i was watching today uh some old 1960s shows on chch i watched get smart the villain today in get smart was a guy named hercules and it was remember remember in star trek the bad guy in uh the wolf in the fold the little bald guy yeah, well, the big guy, right? Um, well, then the little skinny little <clears throat> bald guy who was the who was, was the alien. Uh, and they yeah. just pushed him out into space, much like this thing. Oh yeah, like the 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 Jack the Ripper guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, the, but 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 uh, CHCH is now putting before every 1960s show. They're putting a disclaimer that the the, the things in the, this show was filmed in the 60s. And it is old, and the, the 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 point of views and the and the things that are in it are not necessarily um, good today, but we're showing it in it the way it was filmed at that time. And right. so they're trying to put, put. So if they actually showed the old Star Trek, they would probably have that same disclaimer on there. Um, that just it's basically just printed out on the full screen for just before the show starts. Well, I think and when I watch the original series on Netflix, I think the warning I get is sex. And yeah, I never I really know, got it was, that because... It wasn't really a sex thing, but it was more yeah, of a... But they always warn you for sex. It's like... 
I don't know how long the disclaimer would have to have been for all of the Yeah, and the, the, the disclaimer, the, the, the need for the disclaimer is interesting. And that's a whole, I think, a whole podcast up on itself. Yeah, why do, why do we, we don't need have that kind of time? a disclaimer to say such things, but apparently we do. So, yeah. um, but, um, but context is important, like the time and place this was made, but also the viewpoints of these writers and them, them choosing to like put these things in the script are pretty deliberate. And it is a contradiction, Adam. You're right. Like, how can they be so progressive? And we saw in this episode, we saw Mr. Singh down in the auxiliary control. Obviously we have your her and Sulu and different members of this cast who are all very diverse and working together. And Yuhura is shown to be a competent officer in this episode. Uh, she's kind of the one who kind of breaks through with the communication and working with Spock. And then her singing is kind of what her is her undoing suddenly. She's singing on the bridge, uh, which I guess Scotty and the rest of them really enjoy because she just kind of was doing it for like it was um, for like, like a concert or something. Yeah. And and then uh, Nomad goes, "What is this communication? This isn't logical." And then he. he <laughs> He, what does he do to her? He mind wipes her because she's a, like we said, a mass of conflicting impulses. Sorry. That unit, yeah, that unit is a woman. A mass yeah. Of yeah, just a, There's a lot of unit things. An interesting there. choice by this, by this writer uh, who was John Meredith Lucas uh, to put that into there or. I, you know, maybe we'll, we'll get to fun facts with Jody. Uh, we'll, we'll get a sense of. Um, how much maybe maybe there's maybe this was a gene roddenberry thing or a studio thing that we ended up with this result but it's kind of it it, it is sort of it feels dated this whole thing with your and then sort of the outcome let you know, we, we just, i want to talk about it, like what happened to her here did she just lose her knowledge did she, she lose her she, she turned into a baby with no knowledge apparently she, she had, had no like, memory learn how to read and but no, well, no i thought it was miraculous it's not true that she knew swahili that's right. She knew Swahili. She didn't know. She yeah, didn't know she English. But did she lose her memories? Yes, I think so. Well, you get that impression, yeah. Well, that's a big deal. That is a big deal. It was a big especially deal. over the course of a couple hours. They're like teaching her how to like do everything again. It's like yeah, but, wow. But my, again, the whole thing is they can resurrect Scotty, but they can't give you know her. Yeah. Was there even an attempt? I don't know. No, nomad. Kinda, nomad was not like, interested. Nah, let's just put her in front of a monitor and let her learn again. <laughs> nomad was like, "I can't do it. It's too hard." Sorry. <laughs> maybe, to maybe there's an undertone there saying that women are far more complicated than we can appreciate. Well, there was so much subtext to this. I don't even know what was going on, <laughs> but it was like it was it was a big commentary on women, singing women. I think too. Uh, yes. <laughs> Yeah, it was just bizarre, and and you heard it bounce back from this with remarkable, um, uh, you know, uh, everything. Yeah. She just did it so well. She was just like, no, yeah, no problem. I'm, I'm good. She's already by the first grade by like a like a couple hours after losing her memories. Reading the ball, ball, the ball is blue, red. Ball. bluey, bluey. So when you're seeing that, when you're seeing that episode, were you, were you like that part? Were you thinking that it was actually going to be bone? <laughs> I, because I'm I, like, is she going to say bone or is she going to say ball? And that was the yeah, most was intriguing thinking, part of that entire bone. experience for me. I was thinking bone. <laughs> I was thinking bone too. You know, one thing about that though, speaking of women, and she. Or her, um, Nichelle Nichols looked. She looked really good in this episode. She got a great smile. I think she I, looks good in almost every episode she's yeah. in, though. Yeah, yeah. She she was. Uh, she does. Yeah, she definitely stands out in this episode for she sure. She was nearly going to leave the show at the end of the first season, and famously, Martin Luther King was the one who convinced her to stay. But <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I think that there might also be a sense of like maybe she wanted more presence on the show, and maybe this is a response to that. They gave her a bigger. Pre uh, we got some episode. stuff in the fun facts about that i don't think yeah because okay. because they really yeah they show her off here they like they have her working they have her doing things they have her singing they have her being a major participant in the story up until a point and then then it's kind of yeah well and you see it. her kind of doing her day-to-day -day thing too which is kind of interesting as well like she you know usually you kind of see her and she's only there for convenience like it's like oh we need somebody to talk to somebody to another ship so you know cue her right uh, where this, time, you know, like you see her, it almost looks like she's doing a report and, you know, she's got a whole bunch of things on the go kind of thing. And then, you know, she's what she's singing along and then all of a sudden Nomad shows up and he's a dick. So, 
Yeah, like, and I, and I think I'm just this whole discussion just makes me think about like the whole 20th century was like this whole like conversation sort of with the Western world about like, okay, women in the workplace and what does this mean yeah. and how are they still going to be this but not that and like I don't know like it's just like they were it's clearly it took them we're still wrestling with it today I think in some oh, yeah. ways not yeah. like then but it's 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 interesting to look back at this kind of stuff and see. It. Oh, I think so. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Sorry, Dave. But the other thing that I, I, you know, thinking more about Nomad himself is like the, like the, the thing that the Star Trek does sometimes is the the machine looking for purpose, and yeah. you know, which again is very conflicting to what a machine should be doing. A machine should just be existing, right? But you know, I love the fact that he, you know, Kirk was the creator. I always think that, you know, first of all, it has to be Kirk. Of you know, course. And, and then they, you know, they did the connection, which Spock, you know, handily did very well. You know, I think, I can't remember what it was exactly, but some some other guy had the name Kirk, right? Yeah, this guy here, he was, uh, his name was Roy Kirk. Uh, th what a case of identity, mistaken identity here, and how fortunate it was for the Enterprise crew. And Star Trek convenience. If Kirk hadn't, uh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, they just, they would have wrote it to be any name, but if, it, if, if, you know, but uh, this was, there were, they, Nomad gets confused thinking that Captain James Kirk is this guy, Jackson Roy Kirk. This uh, thing has the ability to resurrect people from the dead, but it can't <laughs> figure out that this isn't the creator. Well, it's, it's amazing. amazing. It was Roy Kirk. It wasn't Jackson Roy Kirk. It was Jackson Roy Kirk. Right. It was like, yeah, his first name, or sorry, his surname started with R, not with yeah. K. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, uh, but it sounded like Roy almost sounds like his middle name, like it does with, with, uh, James, uh, Tiberius there. But yes. So, but that's the whole thing. This is very fortunate for the, for the, um, for Kirk and everything. But like, how, like, and Kirk is, is a little bit cavalier, I would care to say here, uh, with his like role as it's like, He's enjoying being called the creator. The of course he is. It's it's Kirk. Yeah. It's Kirk. Because <laughs> exactly. he takes it to the lab, right? And he, the star charts and they're telling it things. And then Spock's trying to figure out what it is, right? Before they figure out that it's dangerous or that they have to uh, go along with this. Kirk's just kind of having like this more of this diplomatic conversation with Nomad, kind of explaining things matter of fact. Uh, we're from Earth. Da, 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 da. And and then you know uh, Spock goes whoa, whoa, whoa don't tell it you're not the creator because it, it's definitely going to kill us if he doesn't think you're the creator, All right? And then Kirk later on like and Kirk's just like nomad like like nomad like nomad's super dangerous and he does say later in his log that this is like a nightmare, but it sure doesn't feel like it most of the time here. Kirk is very <laughs> casual. Uh, it's only when two of his guys he finds that two of his men have been killed. Uh, but for good, not being brought back like Scotty here. Um, minutes before he kills, two, or Nomad kills two more of them. Uh, so I think it's four security guards. Well, that's plus... kind of yeah. That's kind of how the whole thing really ends. Is just a lot of red shirt security guards get killed, and then kind of they trap it back in the transport room and then shoot it out. At the beginning, I thought Spring was going to get whacked, but he somehow survived. Who you thought who was gonna get whacked? Uh, Singh in the in the control room. Oh yeah, I was nervous for Singh. I I, I didn't remember no, I this episode. I feel like I've seen it, I but I don't really remember it. it. But then again, like again, watch the Nomad. That's yeah, your job. That was your job, uh, Singh. Yeah. What's going on? Yeah, yeah. You, you, got, you got one thing. fucking thing to do, and you did it, and didn't do it. <laughs> like, yeah. One thing that one thing that threw me off too is that Singh was wearing the uh, red overalls, but he was yes. he referred to himself as a lieutenant at one point. That uh, that would be inconsistent. <clears throat> uh, well, he's got his work overalls on. He's maybe know, he's, he's maybe. working. I they what were. I think is more impressive out of all this is they we have humanity going out to the stars. They're traveling. They're on their Star Trek, so to speak, and they don't have any protocol in place to beam in a weird item that they find while they're in the middle of space there's that's no protocol that's shooting at them yeah that's shooting at them and they're like ah okay no big deal let's bring it in the chase at the beginning yes right <laughs> the whole thing with nomad right but well, i guess it would make for a boring episode if they just kind of like hit warp five and fucked off right like they, they have to do something <laughs> 
Well, what I think is interesting too, as we talked about V'ger and this, that like the '60s and '70s, like uh, the world was sending up numerous. Things oh yeah, in the space, it was the, it right. Fever, right? Yeah. Obviously, when we went to the moon, but beyond that, there were there there was uh, different. There still are. They're still sending up things. There was something that just yeah. landed on Mars, I think, this morning. Um, and but this idea of that, like these things that go out into space. They're going to go out there forever. We don't know where the hell they're going to go. We're long after we're gone. Uh, and they could come back changed or they could come back and bring things we don't like here. Um, and, and a lot of science fiction writers clearly thought about this. Uh, you know, about Well, what's... we're going to mention that in the fun facts, actually. Okay, yeah. Well, I think it's just because um, it wasn't it's there. A great that... premise, Dave, it's a great premise. I mean, it's a great storyline. Like, we can't go out into space, you know, right now further than Mars. Yeah. We haven't even done that. The street. But you think of all the movies. <laughs> what you say? I, I, I don't think he's talking in pandemic times. <laughs> yeah, we can't even leave our house. <laughs> oh, we can leave our house now. Let alone go to bars. Yeah, as far as I go with Markham. Um, <laughs> I ain't even going that far. But anyway. <laughs> it's crazy. I'm but staying within know, the city limits. But you think about all these movies now that have been made since, like the Alien or whatever they did have four movies right uh all the mars kind of movies you know where you go to mars and you get killed and you meet aliens like it's all so cool it just you can put anything into space and come back with uh, oh, yeah. stories it's just fantastic oh yeah that's what you know that's well <clears> you have like yeah have all these different like event horizon and all these different oh, yeah, yeah. sci-fi really movies and stuff like that where literally you know it's it's an endless it's an endless landscape right so it, it's easy to you know kind of come up with anything well that's the thing about like is that what really star trek for me boils down to is like imagination and possibility and like sort absolutely of like yeah. what could but they're be. not always good you know no it's not always good but it's not no always but bad that's either. but that's probably the best thing about star trek is the fact that it does show us that it's not always good it's just like watching lost in space like the original lost in space like how many times did they get into trouble but they had trouble amongst them as well like every episode yeah, Dr. Smith was a complete asshole. And you know, it's like, it kind of shows you that even though you're in space, they're still jackasses. <laughs> right. And like they fight Klingons and they have antagonists yeah, and whatever. Exactly. But, but well, that's, that's not... what they should have did with this fucking nomad. They should have like dropped it off at like fucking Klingon homeworld or something. Have been done so, yeah, with they, yeah, they're very imperfect. They're very imperfect. <laughs> they're very um, imperfect. They have all these weird problems with their foreheads. <laughs> yeah, we don't like Sometimes they have them, sometimes they don't. Um, it's it's all over the place. Sometimes they have a little claws. Well, we don't talk about that, Dave. All oh, right, right. We don't talk about that with outsiders. Um, <laughs> what next? We fun facts. About... No, you got some fun facts. I can do fun facts now if you want. You know, jump into fun facts. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, get we'll we'll have. Right. I, I'm, going, I'm going red for fun facts. Go. Oh, oh. <laughs> how exciting! How exciting! All right. Bill Blackburn, which actually normally appears as Hadley in the series, uh, appears in three different uniform colors in this episode. A blue uniform in the corridor scene, his usual green, uh, gold, I mean, and a red technician's jumpsuit in main engineering. Outside. Well, how do you know he wasn't having a day like that guy in Lower Decks uh, who just was trying out all the different divisions all Just trying day. it all out, seeing what's stuck, you know? Yeah, he's like, I don't know what I want to be. I might be a yellow shirt, I might be a blue shirt, I might be a red Are shirt. Are you saying the same guy was in three different uniforms? Yes, one guy was in three different uniforms. But, it, but he, was, he was acting as three different people, right? Yes. Yes. Well, that's, that's my understanding. Debate. That's what I'm saying. Or was he the same guy who just... Or was he decide? just the same guy that decided he wanted to try different career paths all through the day? <laughs> anyway, doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, footage of the Nobad exiting the turbo lift was recycled to show him leaving sickbay. Yeah, but he's coming out of sickbay. I'm like, that's not the same shot. I, ac I actually noticed that. <laughs> and I'm like, like, oh. You didn't need to even do... They didn't even need to do that. Like, it was, it was just kind of like a... Actor Joe Paz, who portrayed one of the security guards killed by the Nomad, the guard on the left outside Nomad's cell, would appear again in the episode Patterns of Force as an SA brigadier. There you go. He can be seen among those saying, Hail to the Fuhrer. Maybe the Nomad uh, brought him back to life. Maybe, maybe. You get struck down by the YouTube algorithm, Jody. Just maybe. The, we we might be. That. We might be. Oh well. Well, we don't. We don't feel that way. Uh, very, uh, very ironic that Kirk jokes about Nomad not only being his son, 
but that he's also a great doctor. 15 years later in Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, Kirk discovers that David Marcus is not only a son, but a doctor. Yeah, he, was, he, was like, he already had a son <laughs> destined to become a doctor. Oh, Brings there you a tear go. to his eye. Like, okay, and like, we didn't really talk about the ending there and, and sort of like Kirk's uh, um, epilogue for Nomad and his relationship with Nomad, if you want to call it that. Yeah. And, you know, he's like, well, I felt a little bad for him. Um, I, I, I don't know. It felt like he was gloating or sort of just making it. Like, he, it was almost like he was proud that this thing ran around and killed some of his people. <laughs> maybe maybe like the paycheck pricing went down or something i don't know yeah you you're know, the father of a murderer not a now. doctor yeah but he's yeah. like but he brought scotty back to life that was so impressive yeah let's be honest though david marcus <laughs> wasn't asked to anyway <laughs> uh the story implied that nomad was earth's first probe out of the solar system in actual fact pioneer 10 was the first craft to reach interstellar space that's a that's a real fact for you there mm, that's a real fun fact <laughs> was, was Kirk aware of Pioneer 10, though? What's up? Was Kirk aware of Pioneer 10? Uh, that is unknown at this point. We don't yeah. know. Uh, this episode marks the first appearance of the newly redesigned engineering section, which is true, because I remember looking at it going, yeah, that's different. So there you this go. This was weird, this episode, because the entire episode was filmed on the ship. Yes, yes, yeah. There was no away mission on this one. The away mission was yeah, they, essentially that's, that's engineering. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this episode bears a striking resemblance to the Outer Limits episode, The Probe, which came out in 1965, which aired two years earlier. So there might have been some uh, crosstalk there at one point or another. Um, this episode also marks the first time Scotty uses the famous given them all we got phrase. There you go. Is it? Oh, I didn't even it is. That at all. Yes. I didn't well, at least at least from air date anyway. And I know how much you feel about air date, Dave. So, but we'll we'll leave that where it is, yeah, I guess. Well, you know, it's it is what it is. <laughs> Although never credited, this episode, which depicts an Earth-launched space probe that acquires almost unimaginable power in the course of the search of its creator, became the inspiration behind Star Trek: The Motion Picture in 1979. Uh, this also inspired the Quisitors tapes, 1964, the rejected series pilot written by Gene Roddenberry and uh, Gene L. Kuhn, which featured a robot with a damaged memory who searches for its creator. <laughs> so basically, this episode is a recycled, a recycled, a recycled, a recycled concept. <laughs> like it's good enough. It's an interesting science fiction story in a lot of ways. It is, it, yeah. and it's also kind of boring in some ways. But it's by by today's standards maybe but like i just don't understand why like i guess it, it was so intriguing this idea of a human made thing i guess in the time of this <laughs> era where they're sending so much up to space the idea of it like coming back and maybe it kills you maybe it's super intelligent it's seen all these things yeah. i guess that was just so cool to people you know it's just hard for me to wrap my well, head around funny enough that, but... they they've uh star trek fans in various forums and whatnot uh, also for this reason uh some fans now append to the star trek 1979 movie the punning subtitle where nomad has gone before <laughs> 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 which is certainly pretty funny uh the biographical picture of scientist Jackson Roykirk, uh, which actually I think Dave, you uh, showed us earlier, is actually of the director Mark Daniels wearing Scotty's dress uniform. <laughs> <laughs> no, is he wearing the kilt too? Uh, it's unknown because I believe the picture is only from basically the waist up. So I don't think it really matters. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's do one more. And I think we're done at this point. Uh, the song Yohora sings is the same song she sings to entertain Lieutenant Riley in Star Trek, the original series, The Conscience of the King, after he is transferred back to lonely duty in engineering. The lyrics were written by Gene Roddenberry himself in her show. Does anyone find you hers singing soothing? No. Fun fact: out of all <laughs> seven hundred and twenty-five episodes of the Star Trek franchise uh, in two thousand thirteen and prior, of all seven hundred and twenty-five episodes of the of all the different Star Treks, mm -hmm. uh, the Guardian, which is I guess a newspaper, recommended this episode as one of uh, six um, episodes, the top six episodes. Well, there you go. 
There you go. Uh, I, I don't think I'm going to put it in my top six, but uh, no, 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 some people enjoy it. Yeah. It's clear to me that a lot of people do. Like that's kind of my maybe my, my point tonight more than anything is like I think this episode's good, but it, it's good. clear that it's it connected good. with a lot of other fans and writers and people uh, for a long time after this. You I know, one thing you guys said earlier put on the story in the in the in the paper six Star Trek episodes to watch. This was one of them. I don't know, seven hundred and twenty. But is that deserved, Dad? Is that does uh, this just? I don't think it is, but 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 I mean, I'm not the expert, so I would leave that to the experts. Okay, well, let's go to Adam. Uh, what, 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 what do you think? You know, you, you guys earlier were saying, you know, the, the disconnect with, with Spock melding with a um, a machine, right? Mm -hmm. But I didn't I didn't see that as off. I, I you know I, I think that you know one thing that this show did well is the, the that that Nomad or or Viger or whatever has personality, has developed a conscience. So maybe it's more of a you know the android or something you know where you're trying to you know, strive for better or whatever. But I didn't I didn't find that off. I you know and and what did you call it? It wasn't mind melding. It was probing. Mind, he calls it a mind probe in this. Yeah. Yeah. But clearly there's something more there, and I, I think think Dave maybe that's the connection people have is like it's more of a <clears throat> a personality you know, versus a machine, right? It, you know, it might be a machine, but it's stuck in a, but it has, has it, has something. Well, Spock says it almost qualifies as a life form, but he, they, it's clear that they don't consider it a life form and they ultimately <laughs> have to destroy this thing. We destroy um, everything. I mean, you know, in those days, but you know, you, you've, you fast forward to the, to the next gen, you know, they would have been treated very differently, I think, you know, um, by Picard's group, but Anyway, I, I by Michael Burnham's group too, just for the the, the record. <laughs> Michael Burnham would have handled this very different than Spock. Um I think yeah. she'd be like, no, we need to understand it. We I got an interesting one for you too, is that is that the top ten bad uh villains of Star Trek all time. Okay. Uh the number one top ten all time is this thing called Q, which is like QAnon, I guess, right? No, so it's from is, Star Trek: yeah. The Next Generation. But anyway, really? <laughs> yeah, not related. Okay, Q is number one. Number two is called the Doris Sisters. I don't know who they the are. The Duras Sisters. Duras yeah, Sisters. They're Klingons. From Next Gen. Okay. Mostly. Number yeah. three, Nomad. Nomad. Number three. Uh, there's. Yeah, that's. I well, don't like agree above, with that above at all. like Khan. You think Nomad is, is, uh, is a better villain than Khan? Khan is definitely Khan is better villain than this. So keep going, Ted. I want to know more. This list is nonsense. Yeah, I want to know all this list now. Yeah, Ted, keep going. Okay, number four, Dr. Soran. That's Malcolm McDowell from He's from Generations. He killed Kirk, so I guess that's fit. He killed Kirk, so yeah, that makes sense. A guy that looks like Abraham Lincoln, Professor James Moriarty. He's a hologram, yeah. He's hologram from Next Gen. Ooh, number six is Lore, L-O-R-E. I yeah, like yep. Laura. Hey, I've always liked Laura. Data's yeah. uh, Laura too. Altered ego. Yeah. But he's definitely a villain. Seven is a bad looking dude. Gull Ducat. Gull Ducat. Gull Ducat. From, from Ducat, Ducat yeah. DS9. Gull Ducat. <laughs> <laughs> Look at all <laughs> these. Eight. These are all villains eight. that you're <laughs> missing, Ted, because you, you know you're what you to watch the newer stuff. List, okay? Keep, Keep going. Number, Keep going. Keep going. Number eight, the board. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Not the Borg Queen, just the Borg. Okay. Number nine, General Chang. Ah, uh, uh, I love General Chang. Played yeah, by the great Christopher it. Plummer, Unders who we lost last week. Country. Yep. Number ten, ten is Khan Noonien Singh. I bump yeah. him up. These I are all great villains. I, I have to question the the order here, but it's yeah. Uh, Maybe it's not supposed to be like the order. It's just I don't think that Q was a villain, honestly. It's, Sometimes it says from Q to Con, the ten best Star Trek villains ever. Ten best, so it's not ranked then. Okay, okay. No, no, no this just how they pick. Like those are all good, yeah, but, but like, it's interesting that this was one of the top this top three. I, I no, don't, I don't know if I agree with that, but anyway, Nomad is less of a villain to me and more of sort of a a, va a, a tragic victim of circumstance. Uh, yeah, you know, it's like well, he's he might have killed more people than anybody. It did, but it was kind of like what it was wasn't its fault. It was kind of like sort of this random no, chance that, kind of that made it the way it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like and I wanted to sterilize everything. 
Right. And I think it was yeah. sort of like how it had this unrelenting, relentless uh, logic. And I think it's it's fitting that Spock says it because he, even though he's so logical, he's not like coldly logical to the point where he doesn't have any empathy for other beings or, or life. I think it's just a population control robot. I think that's what it he is. killed four billion. Four billion on four planets. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good number. That was a big, that was a big deal. Not wiped out an entire species. That was genocide. That was bad. So I don't know about you guys, but I'm interested in figuring out what you guys rated this episode. All right, let's get to uh, ratings, uh, as they say, and pick our next episode as well. So uh, the change link. Uh, oh, sorry, this. So I guess Jeff, uh, we're not gonna get a rating from him tonight. So I'll go first, and I, I like this is good. Um, but like I'd say it's seven and a half where I'm gonna go for tonight. Wow. I'll go an eight, Dave. An eight? Okay. Yep. I'll go an eight, too. Eight and Jody. I'm with Dave. Seven and a half. That's exactly what I thought. And then he said it. Seven and a half. Okay. So that's a 7.8 among the four of us. Uh, Very consistent with sort of its IMDb rating, but all of the IMDb ratings are in this kind of territory. Um, In the sevens, roughly. So 7.7 is our average. just i also here made uh, a list so all the episodes you see highlighted in yellow we have not watched yet um so you can see here starting mm-hmm. with the season one episodes um uh, i'll let jody pick the next one you can see there's a couple here for season i'm picking two. Uh, yeah, and then our se- season three is the season we've watched the, the least amount of so far so um but let's do um Let's do the man trap. The man trap. Oh, okay. Season first season. Season one, episode five. Okay. Well, well, probably. Is it five? Got, I think it's six. Well, based on my on my system. Oh, okay. Right. So uh, the man trap. Okay, so we'll be back in a week to watch the man trap. Um, I remember watching it, but I don't remember what it's about. <laughs> Just is that the, the one name. with the salt vampire? Is that the salt vampire one? It might be. Or is that? I've seen yes. that. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it is the Salt yeah. Empire one. And so technically, it's it's kind of like, yeah, episode, it's very early. I think it was the first one they aired outside of like the main continuity. Um, yeah, so we will watch that one. We'll watch The Man Trap, whatever ordering system you go by. It's, in the, it's early in the first season um, next week. And uh, yeah, and that we're going to close the book on... What was this called? Change <clears throat> oh, link. Oh, we forgot to do one really important thing. What's that? Miri. There we go. Now we've done it. <laughs> oh, we haven't mentioned it yet. I was looking to at our ratings and, and we still we our panel gave that was for you, Miri, Adam. Our panel gave Miri an eight point five. It's not like this is a No, no, rate. I didn't give Miri no eight point five. You gave what did, it, what did Jody give Miri, please? Eight point five was his rating. How I much? didn't give Miri an eight point five. You did. No, that's what you did. I gotta go back and look at that episode. Oh, wait, no, you 4.5. I'm sorry. I was gonna say, there's no way I gave Miri an (laughs) 8.5. Yeah, you gave it a 4.5. Sorry, no, I I was looking at the wrong line. I was looking at Arena. That is some serious pedo vibes, anyway. Yeah, we've already we've already covered that one. We don't. I thought that we gave Miri a higher rating, but no, this is wrong. Okay, I gotta fix the spreadsheet. Um, (laughs) cells are not pulling from the right places in some. Uh oh. Uh oh, data work needs to be done. All right, so that's. Um, is there anything else? They got to talk leaving. About? I'm not. I'm like I'm leaving. I'm going in the snow. You want to see my new puppy? Sure. Oh, she, uh, she's out. Never mind. She, like, I, I've already little... seen pictures, but anyway, that's fine. <laughs> if you uh, oh. if you put like a like a little horn thing on it, would look like an alien. Like a, whatever that time they. What's that episode in Star Trek where they did that? I can't remember that. I got we got to find it where it's like the dog that they just put like the plushy. Oh, they put like uh, the prosthetic plushy thing on. Yeah. 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 Awesome. That, that's like, you know what you like need to do, dog? Adam, for 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 Halloween, you need to find a a, a dog sized version of the uh, alien from Alien. You got to make yes. your dog an alien. I know how much you, yeah, and you and I both enjoy the Alien series. When they run, and you can make all the legs go crazy. Yeah, you can just see it. Yeah. That'd be amazing. <laughs> That's Love your it. quest. 
Okay, I can do that. Just get one of our makers in China to do that. So all right. Okay, let's wrap. We're just gonna wrap things up. Anything else on the changeling you wanted to say before we sign off? Sayonara. No. Yeah, See you later, changeling. See you later, nomad. Boom. Watch it. It's decent. Um. Good job, Kirk. You talk to that robot too. Yeah. And you can't. Even you, you talk computers that are programs all the time. All right. Uh, on Tuesdays, we do Deep Space Nine rewatches. We have been watching every episode, in that, in that case, in order. Uh, we just finished up season two last night, and we'll be going into Thank season God. three next week. Uh, so if you want to know everything about Deep Space Nine, we're starting into the good stuff. The Defiant is about to show up, and we're about to get into a whole new when era. When they finally realized the series needed to actually go on treks. It needed a ship. Because yeah. it's called Star Trek. You know, guys, you've been talking about how it's going to get good now for about a month. I know because do you know I think because the part of season two, <laughs> the set, season two is like what twenty six episodes or something. It's 24? a long season. Yeah. The first two seasons of D Space Nine are so different than the next five. Oh, um, they are. It, yeah. You know, so they're and like even like the main character, Commander Cisco, he's barely in that show oh. in the first two seasons. Like, so it's it's amazing um, to watch it back in order like this. I I, I really do enjoy this podcast experience. Oh, but. It's almost like we know the show's better than this, so it's almost like yeah. You're just cool. waiting for the re the good seasons to show up. A little bit, yeah. Uh, but now we're here. So if uh, and then on, on here on Wednesdays oh, we're on random episodes. We're, we're of, of original Ooh. series. Oh, there's the puppy. Yes. Oh, big already, eh? Yep. Uh, oh. And his feet. Wow. Oh, it's gonna be a big dog. Big dog. Uh, oh, this. Right? This Saturday night, we'll be here for Star Trek Radio Theater as we'll be doing um, Deep Space Nine and we're continuing our Mirror Universe theme uh, for the second season as we'll be doing crossover the first time that the Deep Space Nine people dealt with the Mirror Universe. And I'll be playing Cisco and um, Jane's going to be playing one version of Kira. We're going to have Jessica Chan back is playing another version of Kira. Jeff Mater, nice. wherever he is, as Dr. Bashir. <laughs> wherever he is. Yeah, and your long lost uh, brother. Yeah, my long lost brothers. Uh, we got Kevin Millard in the role of O'Brien. Two couple of O'Briens. We got Michael Chan as uh, the Mirror Garrick and the Mirror Odo. Mott's going to be playing Mirror Quark, and uh, Ashley playing uh, Mirror Jedzia Dax and a few others. So check that out on Saturday night at nine. And lastly, our other channel, Super Mater Brothers Podcasting, which we will return in two weeks with Big Brother Canada. Jet will be Jeff, Jamil, and I. If Jeff, wherever he is, he'll hopefully be uh, there. <laughs> if he returns. If he returns. If it doesn't conflict with a Leaf game. Um, Hockey you know. season, you know. Yeah. The Leafs are Leafs are doing well this year. So Jeff's like got conflicting. Uh, not so well the last game. Yeah. They tied 1-1 one, one tonight after two. There you go. Uh, yeah, That's what he's that. doing. And then at the end yeah. of the month, we'll be doing Trivial Debates. Uh, I, Jeff did, is going to be hosting next, this next episode of Trivial Debates. Cool. Which will air on February 28th. We're the so, contestants so far. Don't have, I don't know that yet. I just oh, okay. it's hosting. So uh, check that out on February 28th. And I think those are all our things. Those are the things I can plug. That's it. Let's close the book on the Changeling and, uh, and uh, call it a night. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Jody. Thanks, Adam. Thank you. Thank and, you, guys. Uh, Nice to you, you and uh, from all of us here at Live Long and Podcast, Live Long and Podcast. Oh, thank you.